I believe a lot of people still think that paraprofessionals are retired individuals or moms without a job that just need something to do during the day. And um, many people don't understand that this is a career choice for many of us. Hello and welcome to School Me, the National Education Association's podcast dedicated to helping educators thrive in the early stages of their career. I'm your host, Natika Samuels. Lately, we've gotten a good amount of questions in the School Me inbox from ESP asking how they can take their careers to the next level. Like this one from Angela, a paraeducator in Maryland. She wrote to us, hello, School Me team. Thank you for putting this support system in place for new educators. I'm reaching out today because I have been a paraprofessional for almost five years, and while I love the hands-on involvement with my kids, I'm starting to feel as though some of the tools and skills I used to use at the beginning of my career could use a little fine-tuning. Where can I go to find resources as a paraeducator to further hone my skill set? Yours truly, Angela. Today I'm joined by Tamika Mays, a paraeducator from Delaware, paraeducator of the year in Delaware, and previous guest on the podcast to help us answer Angela's questions. Welcome back to School Me, Tamika. Thank you. Happy to be back. You were, as I said, on the podcast before, so can you refresh our listeners and tell us just a little bit about yourself? I'm from Delaware, and I work in a special education classroom. I've been working as a paraprofessional for the last 15 years, and I previously did a podcast with my co-teacher partner. For anyone who's not familiar with paraprofessionals, can you give a general overview of what paraprofessionals do and what you do specifically? Paraprofessionals, for the most part, we work in the classroom to assist students with various needs, whether it's students with physical challenges or educational challenges. We implement IEPs, we implement the plans that the teacher has set out for the students. What made you choose to seek a career in paraeducation? When I became a paraprofessional 16 years ago, I think I just worked with students for a while, but at the time I think I was just looking for a job and I didn't think that it would turn into a career when I started. And as I began to work with the kids, I just fell in love with the classroom, I fell in love with the students, I fell in love with really supporting them, and I fell in love with the union work. And that has really sort of guided, you know, where I've gone from them because if someone had asked me 15 years ago whether I would have been working as a paraprofessional now, I probably would have said no. And here I am 15 years later and I love it. So you have a lot of experience with this and how would you advise people who are going into the profession or who have only been in the profession for a year or a few who are looking to take the next step in their career? Like they've got the basics down, but now they're ready for something else. What would you advise them to do? I think there's a few avenues that um, hopefully that they could take. One thing that I always suggest to new paraeducators is to make sure that they get in contact with parents who have been working um, for a while in the district or people who are well-versed, not just in our contracts, but in the job responsibilities of paraeducators um, to give them an understanding of the job responsibilities and roles. Um, I think the union is always a great avenue to give paraprofessionals leadership opportunities, opportunities to be involved not just in a community, but also opportunities to be involved in the school district community. So what are some of the challenges facing paraeducators and ESP in general right now? 
and how do you think people should look to overcome those? I would say that there are three major obstacles that face ESPs. One is a lack of relevant professional development. I believe a lot of people look forward to the NEA ESP conference because it's an opportunity and for some of them the only opportunity to get relevant professional development. I believe there's a lack of training, leadership training opportunities for ESPs. And I also believe that there's a lack of respect and recognition for the work that ESPs do. So you mentioned a lack of respect and recognition. Where do you think we can start to change and improve this? And it, does it start with the students, the administrators, classroom teachers, parents? I'm sure it, everybody needs to get involved, but where do you think we can start to fix this? It will be twofold. I do believe that it has to start from the top and sort of trickle down. There should be a culture of respect for everyone, ESPs included, and a culture of inclusiveness definitely needs to be within every district. But I would also say that I believe that the lack of respect really comes out of ignorance and individuals not really understanding what we do, not understanding the work that we do. I believe a lot of people still think that paraprofessionals are retired individuals or moms without a job that just need something to do during the day. And um, many people don't understand that this is a career choice for many of us and understanding that we take our jobs very seriously and we work very hard with our students. I believe that if people saw that and understood that, then there would be more respect for the work that we do. Have you seen any improvement or changes in the level of respect that you and other ESP are receiving since you started your career 15 years ago? I would say absolutely. When I started 15 years ago, a lot of people that I know individually didn't know what a paraprofessional was. I usually had to explain it to people. Now I have people calling me saying, oh my goodness, do you think I could get a job as a paraprofessional? I think 15 years ago, maybe it wasn't looked at as a career or valued as a career, whereas individuals now are looking at it as an actual career opportunity and the opportunity to really make a difference in the lives of students. I think that is shown in the increase of paraprofessionals that we've had in our district, and I believe that's also shown in the increase of professional development opportunities that ESPs have been given. Well, we need to take a quick break, but we'll be back in a second. Thanks for listening to School Me, and a quick thank you to all of the NEA members listening. If you have a question for one of our experts or just need some support as you're getting your career started, please leave us a message on our line at 240-780-8329. That's 240-780-8329. And your voicemail might be played on air. You can also email your question to us at schoolmeplease at nea.org. That's schoolmeplease, all one word, at nea.org. We're talking to Delaware ESP Tamika Mays about professional development for paraeducators and ESP. You are a, a leader in your school. How did you personally move into the leadership roles that you have taken on as a paraprofessional? I would say that it started when I became a paraprofessional. My dad definitely told me to make sure that I joined the union. I didn't know much about it when I joined. And he really encouraged me to attend the meetings and just be active. So when I became a paraprofessional, I made sure that I attended the meetings 
and I was a part of the executive board and I took a little break when I had kids and I came back several years later and just out of a love for the job that I did, trying to give other paraprofessionals opportunities within our buildings, trying to give paraprofessionals the guidance that they needed, uh, lack of training and professional development for paraprofessionals, and really just trying to help those that were making a career out of the work. I really wanted to do that. And I would say the union gave me the opportunity to do that. I think there was a need for individuals to step up and help some paraprofessionals that were struggling. When I started working as a paraprofessional, I had a really hard time, but I had several, I would say, paras who were more mature and worked longer as a paraprofessional, sort of assist me and sort of guide me and help me into the para that I am now, and I wanted to sort of pay that forward. So that actually brings me to the ESP Leaders for Tomorrow program. Can you tell me a little bit about that? The previous president that we had of our ESP local was a graduate of the Leaders for Tomorrow program, and I didn't know really anything about it. He just told me that I definitely needed to apply, and it really set him um, on the course that he needed to be on as an ESP and as a leader in his local and his state. So I applied for the program. The first time that I applied, I did not get into the program. And then I met another person who was a graduate of the program. They definitely told me, you need to apply. It's an amazing program. It teaches you a lot about who you are as a leader. I applied the second time and I got into the program. When we started our training in the summer of 2018, We were in Minnesota for a week with 16 other ESP individuals, and it was just a really intensive training about understanding who we were as leaders, how possibly other people viewed us as leaders, and what leadership strategies that we're comfortable using and how we can really, I guess, grow our leadership characteristics. So what's an example of a situation perhaps that you previously were struggling to handle or a difficult situation in your career that this leadership program really clarified for you or helped you find the tools to fix that? We had a training around having critical conversations and some of the challenges that I've had in my local as a president, probably not knowing enough and understanding the direction of our local and really being able to guide my executive board and my leadership team in the way that they needed to be guided. I didn't have a true understanding of the jobs or the roles or the responsibilities of everyone, and I could not give that guidance as a leader to them. And they really helped me not to just figure it out, but also to understand that even if I don't have it all figured out, that's why I have a team of individuals to help me. That training that I got in those sessions really gave me the understanding of how important it is to sort of have a goal, an end goal, a vision for the association, for your leaders, and everything that you do should be moving you towards that, which is, of course, you know, helping students to be successful, making sure that our paraprofessionals are in a classroom and they're safe and they're getting things that they need in order to help students be successful. And the training really sort of directed me, gave me understanding on how to help others become that leader that other people helped me become, how to train others to become that leader. And I mean, there's so much more that I could say about the program, but it, it would take forever. It just really 
further than just understanding NEA and DSEA and local structure and really helping me to understand who I was as a leader and how I could tap into helping motivate other individuals to become a leader. How do you think you've improved as a paraeducator because of that program? And how has it made you better at your job? Bringing that knowledge back into the classroom. Number one, I think that when we understand our roles and who we are, we're better aids to the students. We are better equipped to help our students become successful. And the work of the association at times can be challenging and it's difficult and sometimes stressful. It has become less stressful for me because I've learned um, strategies to deal with issues and situations that might arise and it has made me more relaxed and less stressed, which has in turn made me a better paraprofessional. Some of the strategies that I learned around understanding different personality types and working with other individuals, that transfers into the classroom because we have such a variety of students and personalities. And having the ability to be able to impart some of that information even to my students and understanding how to work with others and teaching them that they are leaders and trying to tap into helping them become the leaders that they can be as well. So what are some of the tools that you've gotten through NEA or through your local that have helped you both in and outside of the classroom? The professional growth continuum. I did reference some copies of those to our ESP members so that they could understand that, you know, you can continue to grow as a professional. Our state has a ESP conference every year specifically for paraprofessionals so that they can get some uh, professional development that they need. And we have actually partnered not just with the DSEA, but also our lo local and our district have all partnered together to form a professional development training day for ESPs in our local. So you mentioned the ESP growth continuum. The NEA has recently released a new resource that will help ESP reach their professional potential and provide clear pathways for their learning and growth throughout their career, and it's called the ESP Professional Growth Continuum. It's pretty new, and we're really excited about it, and we hope that ESP are excited about it too. So, Tamika, can you tell me a little bit about how you've worked with the PGC, as we like to call it, and how it's helped you, or whether it was kind of intimidating to work with, and, and how you're feeling about it now? It was definitely intimidating at the beginning because all of the ESP groups are outlined within it. But when I look specifically at the paraprofessional portion of the PGC, it gave me an opportunity to really mark where I was as a paraprofessional in some of those professional categories and gave me the opportunity to see areas where I could use more growth or could use some growth and some areas where maybe I was hitting the mark but could still grow. I think that my local leaders and ESP members who have used it as a guide to help them understand what professional development they may need and how to better prepare themselves as leaders and to assist their students. So when you're working with less experienced ESP in your district, how are you feeling about the future for those ESP and is the future bright? Do you feel like they're getting more support than they used to and they're better equipped to move on in their careers? 
I can really just speak from my personal experiences and the district that we work in. I'll say first that I think that we are really lucky. I think we have an amazing group of ESP paraprofessionals that have come into our district. We've seen a lot of growth in our numbers just in the last, I would say, three years. Just this year, I believe we added over 60 units to our local. So we've seen a huge increase and the paraprofessionals that are coming in, many of them are really coming in looking at becoming a paraprofessional as a career, which I think is amazing because some of them are young, most of them are young and they're coming in and they're just ready to work in the classroom to assist students. So I would say that the future is bright. Our future for sure is bright. We have a lot of individuals who are excited about the students that they're working with. They're excited about the work that they're doing. Our district has provided professional development opportunities for them, have provided the support and assistance that they've needed that I would say necessarily wasn't there when I began as a paraprofessional. And I would say that I'm very happy with the direction that our ESP group is going in. So I work in Delaware. I work for the Colonial School District. It's an amazing district to work in. We have not just some of the best students, but some of the best staff on the East Coast. And I really enjoy working with the students that I work with. And I really enjoy working with my coworkers. And it's, we have such an amazing culture of making sure that everyone is included and really meeting the needs of the whole student. So when an aspiring ESP comes to you or someone who's early in their career comes to you for advice, what would you say they should do to get themselves on the right track and learn from maybe some of your mistakes or some of your stumbles? How would you advise that they put themselves on the best path possible? I believe that one of the most important things that early career ESPs can do for themselves is to demand a certain level of respect. Not in a hostile way, but if I could give an example, when you're working as a paraprofessional in a classroom, a lot of times we have maybe physical therapists, occupational therapists, they'll come in and work with students, maybe they'll leave devices, and a lot of times they will only communicate to the teacher about the student and saying, hey, I'll be working with that student. Is there something that I could do to help? Maybe you could show me how to work the device. It shows the speech therapist or the occupational therapist that you're not only engaged with the student, but the student learning is important to you, and it's important that you are also in the loop of what's going on with the students. Making sure that when other individuals speak about ESPs or address you that they're doing it in a professional manner. And I do believe once you sort of set that standard that other individuals will address you in a respectful manner. So it sounds like you're saying that ESP needs to make sure that they are seen as a part of the full education ecosystem, that they are as much of a part of a student's learning experience as anyone else is, and they deserve respect for, for their place within that. Absolutely. When those students have IEP meetings or things that need to be implemented, we are usually the ones right there on the ground floor implementing what's in the IEPs, noticing those things that may be triggers to students and really developing that relationship with the student. And we gain all of this knowledge about those students and we have an opportunity to share that 
so that those students could be successful. So you've been pretty involved in your district and with the ESP in your district, but you've also expanded your view to the whole state of Delaware as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? We started working a Delaware ESP task force. We were charged to look at obstacles that are facing ESPs in the state of Delaware and to provide recommendations to our state executive board. So we gathered ESPs from across our state and heard from them what challenges and obstacles they were facing. And from that, we made a list of recommendations that we could give to our state executive board. So we've been talking a lot about professional growth in the abstract and also in your past, but what's next for you in terms of your growth? Like, what are you working on right now? The most important thing for me is to make sure that my local is strong and solid. We've grown almost triple our numbers in the last few years, and I just want to raise up the leaders within our local association. Um, That's really important for me. The other thing that's really important for me is making sure that there is this culture of respect, not just within my district, but statewide. I've been working really hard to sort of fight preconceived ideas about ESPs and what we should look like, what we should sound like. What do you love most about being a paraprofessional? I love working with the students in the classroom. I love meeting the needs of the whole student. If we have students that come in that are in need of something or just need someone to talk to, I love being that person there with them, meeting them right on their level. I live in the district that I work in, so I understand the students, I understand the community that they come from, and I really just love working with them. What advice would you give your younger self if you could go back in time? As an ESP, I definitely would have been more assertive and demanding respect for myself and for ESPs. When I first started, I think there was a lot that I did not know. I probably could have sought out those answers instead of just waiting for those answers to come to me. And I probably would have become involved with the union sooner. I got involved early, but I definitely was sort of involved and I took a break. I probably would have just kept on chugging away. Thank you so much for joining us. I feel like I just learned a lot from you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of School Me. And if you find this podcast helpful, be sure to rate and review the show. It helps more people find us and the advice they need to survive their first few years in education. For even more tips and resources, you can visit us at neatoday.org slash school dash me.